The Bible's clear, right? It says, press on to maturity. And that's what we're saying. And going from the initial stages of becoming a Christian, we want to leave behind the elementary things of Christianity, right? Repentance, those beginning things. And we want to move forward into the full maturity, the perfect bride. And that's the goal. And that's what we are looking at when I unpack. But to become the mature disciple, a mature body, there is a working out of a reality that you don't do the work. And that is so opposite for us, right? So there's a working out that you don't do the work, but you're the recipient of the work, so you get to live the work out that he does because everything is already done. And that sounds so gobbledygook and back to front because we go, no, what do we need to do? He goes, you actually need to believe. And the work of God is to believe, right? Jesus said that himself, right? And then the people then go, well, what does that even look like, what we can do? And we go on this conversation where he goes, you need to believe. And we say, what do we need to do? He says, you need to believe. What do we need to do, right? I mean, this eternal speaks to earth. And they have these conversations over and over and over until earth becomes eternal <coughs> through the transformation of revelation. Not because earth can change herself, but because she's being transformed through the Holy Spirit. And over the next now and the next session and you know god's just speaking to me about how this is all going to unfold we're going to have ministry right we're going to minister to each other and i believe the holy spirit's going to minister because without the spirit it's just human effort and striving right we're no different to the world right if the world can do what we can do through earth what makes us different to the world right if the world can do good works, and they do better works than the church, let's be honest, right? Then what's the difference? If earth can love like you, and you can only love like earth, what's the difference? What sets you and I apart if they can do what we can do, and we can only do what they can do? We need to be able to do something that they can't do. Would you agree? That's what separates the earth from the eternal. That's what separated Jesus. And this is the greatest challenge, but you'll never be able to do what they can't do unless you're growing in the maturity because it's not Jesus and the church. It's Christ-likeness because the church is in Jesus. And what happens is if we're not in oneness, John 17, we separate it out, right? And then you separate your entire life out. So you have this teaching that goes, God, family, what's next? Ministry. And you break it all apart. And you've just dismantled everything that should be one. You need to lose that thinking. It's just God. And when you're in God and growing in God, you know how to live in Christ, from Christ, in all those areas. And I have lost the word balance out of my vocab. It's tension. There's no such thing as balance, right? Because while you're trying to balance, <clears throat> you're running around trying to keep all the plates. So you've got to spend 30% here, 30% here, 25% here, 15%. People say, Greg, but I have a job. I have kids. I have this. I have this. I say, so have I. 
And before I was doing this, I had all those things as well. It's got nothing to do with those things. It has everything to do with knowing him, knowing who you are, knowing the spirit, and walking in the oneness of what that looks like, having all these things on. Jesus was the most busy dude on the planet, but he did everything from rest. Paul travelled, right? But he said, I strive according to what? The power of God working in me, not at my own strength. Which means you're able to go, 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 and never burn out. Burnout is the fruit of the flesh. There should not be burnout in the body of Christ. Jesus said, I come to give you rest, not stress. Burnout is a fruit of humanity trying to do something it can't do. Burnout in leadership is because leaders are trying to do something they can't do called build the church because they don't have the mind of Christ and what it looks like when Jesus said, I build my church. I'm not a builder, right? But I will be built. There's only one builder that's required, right? Who is it? And he tells you that, right? He went to great lengths to tell you who the builder was. And then it says, but the builders rejected the builder. No, no, we're going to build. Jesus, you go over there, we're going to build. It was one of the reasons why Jesus had to come, wasn't it? And he turned up and he went, look what they built. Father, look what our people have built. I think he's saying the same thing today. Father, look what our people are building. It's big, flashy, glamorous. Sounds amazing, feels amazing, but is it of him? Now you can have the big and the grand and it be of him. So it's not whether it's big or small that's of him or not, it's is it of him? This is our challenge, right? Is he building you and I? Because we are the house, aren't we? We're the temple, not this. Not, not wood and concrete and... What does it mean to be built by the builder of the church? Built through what? Human effort? Human ability? Human willpower? All of that's got to go. Otherwise, that's of you, right? And anything of you and me is getting what? Burnt up. So if it's coming from you and me, it's earth. And earth values it, right? Earth thinks it's awesome. Earth puts incredible value on what we do. And when Jesus turned up, he went, Oh, my goodness you're the teacher of Israel and you don't know what it is to be born of the spirit we are really in trouble this is how serious this actually is and I've met many Christians that don't want to allow what I'm saying to confront them because it means something has to come down 
what we've built, right? And I'm also preaching to myself at the same time because he took me on a journey for 18 months and out of that 18 months came this. And he said, I want you to write down what I'm showing you. I was like, whoa, 18 months. Come with a walk with me, Greg, and I'm going to show you how I do what I do and why I do it. And I'm going to show you how wrong you've got certain things. But I love you, and I'm not here to show you to condemn you. I'm here to show you so you can shift, so then you can actually come into more life yourself, and then in your leadership come into a greater reality of leading people to me and not where you're leading them to, which was a lost world. And one of the prophetic words God gave me directly was said, son, stop leading the people to the lost and lead them to me because they don't know me. And he was talking about the church. And I went, what? So he said it again. Stop leading my people to the lost and lead them to me because they don't know me the way I want them to know me. He said they know a lot about me, but they don't know me in a way that their lives are transforming. You see, I had an encounter with love, and like you guys are saying, I've never known the religious side of stuff. Never. Because I met a person from day one. So I got set free from a whole lot of stuff that other guys haven't been set free from, but I see a lot of people still entangled in religious stuff. Religious effort, trying to live out what you're called to, and you can't do it. So you live beneath the standard of faith, but you try really hard and really hard, right? And God admires the intention. It's good intention. It's just not led by the power. So you never get anywhere from a life within you. Everything I preach is internal, right? So just to make that statement, I don't need to talk about works because I know the one who's transformed will naturally do works as an outcome. Works are an outcome of transformation inside. So my whole focus, my whole message is an internal one. So I'm talking about internal systems. I'm talking about architecture of the heart and the mind that when we're in the simplicity of the spirit, the spirit will do all the work and you just get to live out something. You don't know how you're able to live it out, but you can. It is the most incredible thing I've experienced and there's a word I want to put up here, right? Because I am into this. Reality. I'm not looking for reason. I'm not looking for logic. And I'm not looking for rationale. I'm only interested in one thing, and that's the reality of what this is. And that's been my journey because of the encounter I had with the person. Like, I'm like, if you say it, it's possible. If you say that I can overcome, it's possible. If you say I can reign with you now and in the future, it's possible. If you say my past is forgiven, it's forgiven. If you say I can love you and humanity the way you say it can be, right? With man, all things are impossible, but with God, all things are fully possible. But through revelation, you get reality. 
Without revelation, you have no reality, so you create your reality. Jeff said, you create your own story, and you're the author of your story, right? And your story will always align to you. So as the author of your story, you'll write a great story, but you'll be the center and the character of your own story, and everything will go well for you. Now, the only problem is that's your story, but it's not the story. And he loves you and he's covered you and you're still a son, but you're not able to experience the fullness of what sonship is. And so you're always coming short of a reality that you're called to live in, right? Can I say this? And I say this from love. Because I experienced the power of God, I laid my life down once. I've never picked it up again. I say this from love, guys. I don't know the dying to self, the way that we talk about dying to self. What I do know is I have a choice at times, right? As sometimes his will, my will. At the same time, because you're freed of you, it's always going to be his will. Because of the power in you that enables you to, right? Jesus laid his life down, right, once. The laying of the life is because of the loss of your will, which he trumps through his power. Then there is this renewing of the mind. So when things come at you, you're like, okay, I've got to choose that over that. But the one who wants to still be in control of their own life has not relinquished their life. Once power enters you and the relinquishing of the control of you goes, that's it. All you want to do is live for him because you've been freed from you and the encounter is a real encounter. It's not a head knowledge of reading a book and then trying to apply the book, right? You and I need to be able to live without the book. You can have this without the book, do you realize? This is amazing. I never want to go without this, but I can live without it because I've got the spirit, not words on a page. I've got the person, not something that tells me about the person. If you don't have the spirit bringing that to light, you just become religious. You're not bad, but you're religious trying to live something out. You're never going to be able to do you need to know the person. They didn't have the book at some point, didn't they? How long have we had this compared to how long people have been walking knowing God? This is amazing, but it, it's not wrong. The operating system is you're wrong in you. So this operating system called flesh tries to interpret this. There's the outcome, and you're writing your own story, and it's outside of the story. So he said, write this. Get it down, and this is this. And this will ask you questions you might not want to ask. This will go for the jugular. Hey, guys. Like Tim said, people read it once and, oh. But he said, write down what I'm showing you. It asks questions probably more than anything else. What's the purpose of your faith? Do you know what the first thing many senior leaders ask me when I'm at conferences? How many people go to church? Yep. 
Why do you want to know that? How many did you get saved on the weekend? Why do you want to know that? Hi, I'm Greg. Nice to meet you, Kevin. Where are you from? No, no. How many in your church? (laughs) What? He said, write that down. So what I've done is I've brought all these things that I've written down, and they're over there, and they're free. Right? So this started a journey. He said, write it down, give it away. He said, never charge for anything that's not yours. Right? That's what he said to me. I'm not knocking anything else, but what I'm living by is freely you have received, freely give it away, because it ain't yours, Greg. Why are you charging for something that's not yours? Out of that came this. Imitate me. This is bird's eye view. This is all about seeing from an eternal perspective, right? Being like the hawk and flying and seeing prey from above, and you see it because your eyesight, your frequency, your ability to see in the spirit is greater than on earth, and you see it as he says it. This is about imitate me, but who are we talking about? Not Greg Simnel, but who said that? Paul. So then God had me look at the life of Paul. I've been fascinated with this man because I went, how did you go from that to that? How do you go from murdering in the name of God, God's people, to suddenly going, oops, (laughs) and becoming the very thing you hated? Like, think about it. How do you go from that to that? And knowing that love was covering that sin, like, who are you? And Paul tells you, if anyone was going to be ashamed, it would be me. But he's not. love because that's what love does love never fails to love how can you forgive that God how can you forgive me God of stuff because love never fails to love you and I guys we talk about love but do you know love love has changed who you're looking at today love took ashes I came to God with nothing, ashes, and he gave me love. Like, I'm not talking human love. I'm not talking about the way my... I'm talking about pure, unadulterated, powerful love. And love picked me up. And love breathed love into me. And then love (laughs) sent me. Do you know what that is? Through the power of the Spirit, who the one is love. Right? This is called an indestructible love. It says, blessed are all those who love God with what? An indestructible, incorruptible love. Not human love. That is so limited, as powerful as it is, right? It's limited. 
It only goes so far before it's tested and exposed. But this other love which comes through the Spirit of God, because it's a spiritual love, knows no boundaries. It knows no laws. It knows no. It just loves on behavior that's not lovable. And I'm not talking today about anything you just in front of me, right? I mean, there was a guy that was going to be here today. He has been in the black power. Done horrendous things. Spent 12 years in prison. And God, in a prison cell, touched his life. Now he is ministering unto the Lord in his prophetic music gifting. I'm getting to know him. Sal knows him. Roger knows him. You guys might know him. Georgie Gotti. Amazing guy. And he's hungry and thirsty. But love touched him in a prison cell. He's done some pretty dark thing. He was a, known as the hitman. You don't mess with Georgie in the, monk, in the Black Power gang, right? His father was the head president of the Black Power. He's been raised in the gangs, but he's different. Darkness in his eyes are now light and you look into his eyes and you don't see the darkness but you see some photos of him in his past, you see darkness. Who can save a man out of that? Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ. Not through mental agreement, not through reading a book, not through emotionally coming and going, oh, I think your life's a bit sick so I need... No, through receiving love power to take men who are dead and raise them to life we're not just needing tweak we are dead in sin and iniquity but do you know that or is that a mental agreement going yeah but you've never known how evil you really are without jesus christ in a fallen state many don't many i walk with don't yet know they think they're still good right And good people are good and they only did a bit of tweaking. No. Jesus goes to great lengths to tell you no one is good. And you all need something way beyond good. He's called God. So add another zero or an O and that's who, uh, minus one, sorry, and that's who you need. So he said, write this. Because he showed me, I relate to this man so much. Because I was Saul. And now I've become Paul, if you can hear what I'm saying. I was dead for 29 years. What a stench. Lazarus was only dead for four days and he stunk. What about 29 years? So I'm actually only 25 years as a brand new creature in Christ. Don't let the baldness follow me and tell you. He said, right about, not how you become apostle, write about the process of how you're going from Saul to Paul. Put it down, get it out there. Right? Then, out of this, he started talking about this one, eternal life now, which is what I'm talking about. Not wait to eternity, now. Eternal and eternity are two different things. And eternal life is the quality and the substance of heaven's life in you now. Press on to maturity so you can be transformed, so you can have what? His love, his peace, his joy, his rest, his freedom. Aren't those characteristics of Christ, who is eternal life? So who is eternal life? Well, one John tells you it's Jesus Christ. One Jesus Christ is eternal life. And to know Jesus Christ is to know eternal life now, not tomorrow. 
This is beyond us. One of the things, I had a conversation with someone this morning, and they said, from this, you know what I wrote up on the board? They said, I realise how much work I need to do. No, not at all. What you've got to realise is that you can't do any of it. See, it's not about you trying to take yourself from here to here. That's just religion again. This is an outcome of knowing the person. It's about being in the process of maturity, right? And he takes you from there to there. All you've got to do is lose you. Which is pretty hard to do, right? Has anyone intentionally lost their car keys? How many of you intentionally lost your mobile phone? And what do you do if you lose something? Has anybody seen my? Has anybody seen my? So you will never intentionally lose your life. Can you hear the analogy? Don't even try. You won't. No one in their sane mind, we were talking about this this morning, right, would actually take their own life, right? People who commit suicide is so horrendously sad. And they do because they've got to a place of such darkness in their thinking that they don't see any hope. So no one in their right mind, that's not a right mind of thinking, right? Would never take their life. So you would never actually deny or die to yourself. You won't. You might think you do, but you'll still be doing it for you. Hey Frank, can I interrupt? That's probably the tension because I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer my life because Christ is living in and through me. But we start keep fighting. If you don't have a picture, you keep fighting the old man all the time. That's right. But the old man is dead. That's right. So, that's right. so if you don't have the revelation of that, you're still fighting a guy that's dead, thinking he's alive, right? But you've still got your flesh, right? Which is in you, active, but the power, right? This is the difference between revelation and reason, right? It's you're given something that trumps you. So it's a constant process, right, of not trying to die and trying to be less. It's receiving so you just live. Does that make... uh, you see, this is what really challenges the thought process because you've been taught and out of the natural you go, I've got to, okay, here's one, I've got to be, I've got to decrease so he can increase. Right? John the Baptist's ministry needed to decrease because Jesus' ministry was about to take over because he'd done what he was sent to do. We've taken that and made it about we have to be less so he can be more. He's talking about his ministry, right? I bring this ministry, now my ministry needs to decrease because the ministry called the kingdom is going to take root. We're so in deficit, we think negative because that's what we do as humans. We're behaviorally focused. At the root system, we're still functional and we go, I need to fix the problem. So I need to be less and he needs to be more. Are you hearing me? I need to try to fix this. I need to fix it. I need to make it right. No, you don't. You can't. It's done. What you need to receive in you is the Spirit and the power of the Spirit that brings you into the realm of the Spirit. And you I'm so free to live. And that's what it's been like for me for 20 odd years. Free to live. Otherwise, I'm in bondage. But what am I, right? If I've been received the power of the resurrection, why do I need to die all over again? 
I just haven't maybe received the power, and that's why I want a minister that brings me into this realm, so I'm still out of this realm, saying I'm in it, but I can't live it. And you end up wrestling with God. That's all you do. You actually start denying the power of God to get you free from your forms of godliness, and you stay in your godliness thinking you're being spiritual. But you're being religious. And then you wonder why you read the scriptures going, I don't have this all-encompassing, overflowing life for me. No, because you're still trying to build you. And you ain't the builder of you. So he said, write it down. It's everywhere, guys. It's not a little problem. It's a massive issue. And we've taken his context through our lens and we've created our story. Then we sell it. And then we disciple people into it. And the greatest test is, have you figured out how to love humanity like me yet? Because I'm commanding you to do it. It's not a good idea. And we're back here again, aren't we? So can you see why the work of God is to believe? But they're asking him, what do we need to do? He says, believe. No, no, Jesus, you don't understand the question. What do we need to do? He goes, it's never been about a doing, it's a being about a being. But there's a counterfeit being and there's a counterfeit doing. And there's a true being and there's a true doing. If you haven't entered into the rest of God, you're still going to be striving for the reality of God. And rest is a person. And as I said, rest is not having to lie down. What rest is you have relinquished and lost through receiving power, you as the operating system of you. So now you're controlled by love, not you. Paul said, who was Saul, right? He said, I am now controlled by what? Love. Love. And then I no longer. But the life I live, I live by That is not just nice, pithy words that you can claim as your own because this is not a textbook. That is the man's testimony because he went from Saul to Paul. He's not just writing down some technical information. He's writing down his reality. Can you give me your testimony? No, what God has done in you, can you give it to me? I can share it. You can share it, but you can't give it. Right, and I can't give it. Well, St. Diff. So how can I claim Nick's reality when God has done it in Nick and not in me yet? But we do. That's mine because it's written in the book. No, it's not yours yet. It's potentially yours. It's Paul's. Because if you've got what he said, how come you're not living like Paul? How come you're not going, press down, crush, but we're okay here, boys? We're out crying. Oh, did you see what they did to me? Did you see what they said about me? Did you see what they called me this and called me that and called me that? He's like going... Momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that's being formed within us. This is what he's talking, but he's not talking from theory, he's talking from reality because the Holy Spirit has done such a work in the man and taken him from being Saul to Paul. But Paul was not perfect, correct? Paul was also on a journey of transformation, pressing on to maturity, and Paul tells you that because he says, I don't want to disqualify myself for what I'm actually preaching. And if Paul is worried about being disqualified from the receiving the prize, then me and you better be. But no, we'll go cool, it's all good, mate. Oh, you'll chill out, Greg, you're too intense. (laughs) 
I know I'm intense. The one who lives in me is intense. This is the journey that I've wrestled with, so if I'm going to, you're going to. Because I need to find some brothers that can walk with me and help me discern this and run with me, but go after this together. Because I want to be one with my brothers and sisters, sons of God, because all of creation is waiting for the revealing of who? But who are these sons of God? Because you can claim it, but do you live it? So there's an intensity that comes with it. My goodness me, lay hands on the sick and see them healed. That's pretty intense. Come out of the grave, Lazarus. That's pretty intense. And we're just like, oh yeah, guy got raised from the grave, sweet. Oh, an angel appeared. Oh, that's pretty cool. You're talking to an angel. This is how apathetic we can become with the written living scriptures. They're talking to angels and we're like, oh, that's pretty cool to an angel. Move on. Have you been talking to an angel lately, Steve? Gabriel turned up on your door and said, hey, Archangel Michael said, hey. And we treat it like, oh yeah, it's just blase, right? And so there's an intensity that must be released into the earth called the Word of God, which apprehends and arrests us out of us. And what it does, it's like being arrested by six police officers, highly aggressively arrested, bang, on the floor, put in handcuffs, right? That's what it's like to be arrested by the Word of God. Hey, what? Stop! Now let me show you something. Enter into the rest and stop striving. God, striving's all I know how to do. I know you do. That's all you know how to do. That's why I turned up to say stop. But I don't know how to stop. I know you don't. And because my life is connected to what I'm trying to do, if I stop, I'm going to die. He goes, no, you're going to live. Be still and what? But you can't get to know God because you can't be still. So say that again. You never can come to know God because you can't be still for five minutes because as soon as you sit and try to be still, you'll think about everything you're not doing. Or you're trying to work out how to do it. So how can you be still and know He's God? How can you learn from God if you're still trying to teach you? We don't like this, guys, but we need to hear this if this is us. Because you are sabotaging your own reality of entering in. Because you're not trying to do it through the Spirit. You're trying to do it maybe through the Scriptures, through your own intellect, and bring yourself into life you can't. And all you do is bring yourself into death and try harder. And you're getting nowhere, apart from maybe becoming more religious. And Jesus does not need more religious people on the planet. And God, uh, sorry, the church, the world does not need to see more religious people on the planet. They need to see a church in the reality of Jesus Christ, growing, becoming Christ-like, and having fire on the inside of them that they can't put out. You're not supposed to burn out, you're supposed to burn up. The bush didn't burn out, the bush burnt up. Why? Because the presence of God was in the bush. Well, where's the presence of God to be? Jesus came to baptize you in what? The Spirit and... So how's the fire? Is it raging? Has it gone out? Has there ever been one there? Greg, 
you sound like you're condemning us. No, I'm preaching hopefully to convict something that you would go, what on earth are you talking about if you don't know the reality, right? Because unless you know the reality, unless you hear reality, you're not going to turn to the reality. You're just living the way you've always lived, thinking this is, this is my lot. Yeah? He's like going, no, man. No, 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 no. Right, this one. The wilderness dilemma. What's that about? There's nothing good in the wilderness. No, Jesus is in the wilderness. Life is in the wilderness. You just can't see it. Wasn't there a big rock in the wilderness with water in it? Yeah? But they couldn't see it? So someone of faith had to speak to it, and so the water came out. But if left on their own, they would have walked right past the water, right? So God sends you different people who see things you haven't yet seen to bring you into what they see because what they're doing is just describing what God sees. But we go, wilderness? There's nothing man-made in the wilderness. That's the point. You know what man does when he comes to a barren place? He tries to establish his own world in the wilderness. Instead of being able to see, there's actually an ecosystem already in the wilderness that's living, but he just can't partake of it. Because what's in him can't partake of what's there. So God takes you out of and brings you into the wilderness to what? Deuteronomy 8. Test your... To see what's in... And to make you understand that man cannot live on... So I'm going to take you out of you and everything you're comfortable with, the thing you're trying to hang on to and hold on to that you think life is in, and I'm going to take you out of that if you're willing to come and follow and hear the call to do a work in you to show you, because unless you're made aware, you'll never know what the problem is. So I've got to bring you to a place that's got no comfort to your flesh. You're going to think it's a place of death, but it's really a place of life because it's the place I live in and from that you're not. But you say you do, but you can't live it, so you're really not. You've got an intellectual version of something that you've made a mental agreement with with the book, but you don't actually have what I call belief. See, to believe is the first work of God is not to mentally agree with what he says, it's to have a living conviction through the power of the Holy Spirit which enters your heart, which moves you, and you don't even understand. Understanding is not the point. Receiving is the point. Understanding is probably the last thing that happens. Anybody figured that out? I don't know why I'm doing here. I don't understand why I'm here, but I'm here. You don't understand why you're here, why you're here. Because something greater is drawing you. And then all of a sudden, understanding is the last part, but in the world, understanding is the first part. So the world system hears to understand. The spiritual system hears to receive. Because the spiritual system knows there's no way of understanding the spiritual word of God without the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, we just don't like this again because that means we're not the controller of all this and you're taking us to a place that I'm like... He goes, yeah, I'm taking you to a place that's foreign to you but I want you to live in it where it becomes your reality. Where was Jesus born? Where? Where do kings get born? Where, was, where, where did the word of God come to John the Baptist? John the Baptist is a type of wilderness, right? Where should the word have come to in the day, really? With the... Oh, but wasn't John of the... 
high priestly line? No. Hear what I'm saying? It never comes where you think it's going to come. That's the whole point. If you're the son of God, get down off the cross. The fact that I'm on the cross is proving I'm the son of God. If you want me down off the cross, you're not going to have what I need to be up here for. See, when things don't go the way we think, we start crying out and God's like going, this is of me. Oh, but this and this and this and this and this. This is of me. Because how do I get your attention? Because I've tried through the word and you're not listening. So now I've got to allow things to happen. So, You see, I love you so much like a loving parent. I'm going to do what needs to be done to get you where you need to get to. But you'll never take yourself there. So I've got to help you get there. Isn't that how you're called to parent? Like if you let your kids have everything your kids want. That's going to kill your kids. My kids would live in ice cream, McDonald's, and Coke. Oh, go on, fill your boots, kids. I'm a loving parent, right? Loving parents give their kids what they want. No, loving parents give their kids what they need. But if you're not in love, then you'll give them what they want because you want them to love you. They want them to like you. You want them to be your friend, not your father. I've had to have this conversation with my 17. I'm not your friend. I'm your father. You see, this generation has losing so much. They don't even, you're my equal. I said to Marty, man, if I talked to my dad the way my daughters talk to me, I would not be here. My dad, when I was 15, and we've got some funny stories, right? My dad said this to me. I said to my mum, right? My mum did something. I did something to my mum. Because I didn't get what I wanted. And I said, I wish you were dead. Yeah. And I've always been quite tall, right? So not little 15-year-old. I wish you were dead. And she started to cry. (sighs) Words are powerful, right? I regret those words. (sighs) Go to your room, Greg. Wait till your dad comes home. Now, my dad wasn't a big guy, right? Six foot, a little bit lean, but he was big on the inside. He was from Liverpool. <laughs> we hit before we ask questions, right? It's like, <laughs> and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, I hear him come home. And I'm in there, right? He walks in. He sits down on the bed. He looks at me straight in the eye. He says, son, I heard you hurt your mum. Yep. So I heard what you said was pretty horrendous. Yeah. He said, you ever do that again? He said, I brought you into this world. He said, I'll take you out like that. And he got up and he walked out. Do you know I needed that? That was not abuse. Today, I would have gone, ah, ah, my dad's abusing me. Ah. And I would have run to the police and gone, come and arrest them and take them away. I needed that because I'd stepped out of line. And that look and the words, look, my dad loved me. I know he loved me. He was helping me. He was aligning me. He was not hindering me. He was helping his son get back under so that I could live because that's out of design. 
Do you know the Father does that too? But do you know that love? He's a lion and he's a lamb and he's a lamb and he's a lion. Most of the time he comes like a lamb. And he's hoping, right? As a lamb, you're going to receive him as a lamb, as a lamb. But how long does he come as a lamb before he switches to a lion? For your and my benefit. He loves those he... But do you know he loves you? Because unless you know he loves you, when, you discipl- when he disciplines you, you'll think he's punishing you. I knew my dad loved me, so I didn't see it as punishment. It was discipline. And it says discipline is never good in the moment, but afterwards it proves itself, right? And nobody wants to be disciplined today because everybody wants to do their own thing and it's in the church and we go, it's my will, my will, my will. Whose will? Whose will? Whose will? So we pick and choose and we take what we like and we're a smorgasbord and we go, I'll have a bit of that, I'll have a bit of that, I'll have a bit of that, but I certainly don't want any of that. And what you're doing, guys, is you are sabotaging your own life in Christ that you are predestined to know before you ever showed up. And this life is just an age here, right? And then there's an age to come, and then there's the new heaven and the new earth. And I read about a reality that I can be an all. And I want to be an all. I hope you want to be an all. But the reality is... I need the one who is all to do a work within me so I can receive all now and in the future so I can partake of everything that I'm predestined to know. So in the new heaven and the new earth, it says for those who are bond servants, they will be part of three things. It says they will see the Lord's face. You've got to be pretty close. They will have a name written on their forehead. And they will minister unto the Lord. But they're bond servants who live like bond servants. They're not sons that live like slaves. And the first thing a bond servant does is realize that they have no rights. And we're still fighting for all of our rights. I saw that through COVID. I saw a nation rise up. And whatever your thoughts are around that, Everyone's fighting for what? Their rights. But bond servants have no rights. And I got up at the protest thing and I was for some of the stuff, right? And I said to everyone, I said, freedom is not whether you got a jab or not. Freedom is not about this or this. Freedom is not someone trumping you through a law that should have stand there over. Freedom is none of that. Freedom is in a person. And if you don't know the person, none of you are free here today. It was really funny. I had this guy come up to me afterwards who was like, I think probably a little bit drugged, and he was on, had, he, he was, this is a stereotype, but he had long dreads. Hey, man, I see the light in you, brother. Man, I love what you say, brother. American guy, I see the light. You're the real deal, I said, You're looking at a person. I'm free. See, freedom is what free from everything, guys. But you know what you really get set free from? yourself because the reason why you have idols is because you're still the Lord of your own life can I say that again if you have the Lord and you're growing in the Lord do you think you need a supplement so if you have supplements 
The problem is not trying to get rid of the supplement. The problem is I need more of the Lord. And I won't. You know what happens if you hold on to the supplement? Just got free of the supplement. But the supplement can be what? Your wife. Your child. Anything that has first place, which is the evidence that someone's still Lord of someone. So we haven't even really got our first base. And you don't get taught this stuff, but this was my experience, see, because I didn't want anyone else to be Lord of me but me. And that's when I said, when I said I didn't want to be a Christian, it's not like I just didn't want to go, I didn't want someone else to be Lord. I knew it meant the loss of me, and I knew that it meant other things, and I didn't want anybody to be Lord, because I've only got one life, and I'm going to live it. The only problem with that is I was created to have a Lord who wasn't me. And if I'm looking for true life, then I'm found in the Lord who is what? Love. So when I got Jesus as love, Lord, I got... And then I got... And then I got... I got four and one. So I got Lord and Saviour, not Saviour and Lord. Everybody wants saving. Anybody want a Lord? (laughs) You know, the order is Lord and Saviour, not Saviour and Lord. Who wrote that? Because he went from not wanting to wanting to having, and he went Lord and Saviour, Lord and Saviour. Do you know getting saved is a bonus of Lordship? Instantly. Praise, 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 worship, worship, worship. Losing your life. Not singing songs. Right? So the day in 1997, 23rd of December, 10 a.m., I remember it like right now. I, I'm there right now here. I, I've never lost, left that right there, right? The day that Greg Simnor died, but actually lived. So it's not a death, it was a life. And I found a life that Greg Simnel couldn't find because Greg Simnel had tried for 29 years to find it in idols. But the reason Greg was trying to find in idols because Greg was still Lord. As soon as I dropped my Lord, Lordship, I no longer had idols because he's enough. More than enough, Jaira. You're more than enough. But is he? See, that's where he wants to take you and I. He wants you to know what it is to know him as enough. But it starts with knowing him as love. Love is the greatest because love is a... God is love. And we've painted love up as an emotion, as a choice, as a feeling. Where are you getting that reference from? Where are you getting your reference from? <coughs> so when you receive love, who is the Lord, who is light, who is the life, should we keep going? It's nice with all the owls, right? 
through the reality of power, it's a whole different reality. And then you just live. Like you're not trying to live and you're not trying to be less. You're just living in what he says because the power of the Spirit has brought you into a reality of the Spirit and now your life aligns to what the spiritual word of God says, right? You're abiding as a branch and there is much fruit that's coming from the vine through the branch and not because you're trying to be a branch. Just like in the natural, this man will know, right, as an arbiter, you cut the branches, right? They lose the life source because the source is where? In the, in the tree. Oh, I am the, I am the tree of. So all you got to do is remain in. But how do you remain in something when you're not in it? Right, so 29 years not in it, how did I go from not in it to being in it? Well, if I can't figure out how to live a life here in my own, I certainly can't figure out how to go from earth to the eternal. Oh, no, you can by just praying this prayer. But if nothing of spiritual happens within me and the prayer is just prayed out of my humanity, has anything really happened within me? Or have I just been covered and that covering needs to go to a crucifixion? Very different reality, right? Do you believe you can pray a prayer and nothing spiritually happens? It must be because a whole lot of people believe a whole lot of stuff and nothing's really happening. So out of your ability, you can agree with everything Jesus did. That doesn't mean it's of the Spirit. Right? You can mentally and intellectually go, yep, yep, I agree. But are you changed on the inside? So then it's fully possible. See, we don't get this, right? Because we don't get how horrendous it is to be human. We don't get that we've got to come absolutely crushed of spirit and the spirit of pride in us needs to be crushed. And that's the way that you really come to him going, I can't. Like I've exasperated every attempt to enter into life, to love, to light. And I can't, God, I've searched high and low, right? I didn't want this. you got to remember, I didn't want this. So I'm actively moving against it, trying to find life. I'm the, I'm the rich young ruler. I'm the woman at the well, right? I'm like onto five men looking for life in relationships with men, although I'm not gay. Go with me, right? I'm looking for people. I'm looking for women. I'm looking for sport. I don't want you. I want me because I want to be Lord of me. And you're there all the time going, Greg, Greg, you won't find it there. Greg, you won't find it there. Greg, I'll do a miracle. You won't find it there, Greg, right? So Greg has to exhaust himself and his spirit of pride in him must come back to God crushed. Otherwise, Greg is still looking for life in everything but... That's how I came to the Lord Jesus Christ. An absolute broken mess. I fell on the cornerstone. I was shattered into a thousand pieces. It's over. And he picked me up 
and put me, didn't put me back together, he put a brand new heart in me. So what you're looking at is not my work. What you're looking at is the work of God in me that can testify of something that's for everyone. But you've got to go to the place you don't want to go and he's got to take you through the darkness of the soul that you don't want to go to because you may be saved but your soul is still alive and well, active and living. And that's what the power does, right? The power comes in and smashes your will into a trillion pieces. And the natural response of that is to go, you can have me! Anybody relate? I know, I know this man can, right? Because I've walked with this man. I know this man can relate. I know that man at the back can relate. Because when you start sharing... You go, you've been where I've been. You know the darkness of the soul, right? You've gone to the depth of the darkness of your humanity and found light there. I never want to go back there, but I know what it's like to be there. And I know what it's like to be rescued out of there by love. And I will sing this and preach this to the day he takes me home because I know the church needs to hear it because I know the church is so in bondage to themselves. And I know I'm a sent one and I know I've got power in me to bring a reality that I didn't even want to be. Like that's how radical it is for me. That's why it's so intense because I have a reference to who I was and what I wanted and he's going, Tough. My freaking tough, Greg, you were not called for that. You were called for this, son. So let me take you and show you how amazing this is in me and me alone. You don't need the things you thought you needed. Let me fill you so you'll actually get relinquished from the things you think you need. And then let me put them back into your hands so you won't choke the life out of them the way they were choking you and you were choking them. Freedom, guys, it's called freedom in Christ. To love your kids the way Jesus loves them and not be bound in the fear of whether they're a Christian or not. Oh my goodness, what if they, what if they, is God bigger than me? I better hope God's bigger than me and I better hope he's got it sorted because then it's all on me and that's the pressure I can't carry. So get free. But the freedom is in the relinquishing of you. And you don't want to relinquish you because you don't know what's beyond that. And you don't even recognize the problem is in you. Because he's called an imposter, called iniquity. And he's an intruder. And he controls you until you're free of him. Because it's not who you are. And it's not who he's been called to be. But he lives in you. Just pray this prayer and it all goes away. Well, how are you getting on with that theology? You know, sprinkle dust. And then get on mission and start doing some works. We've all heard it, right? What? It just doesn't stack up. And I'm not saying there are not works to be done. I'm quite busy. I travel to Cambodia, we're establishing work over there. I'm going up to Whangarei, I go to I go all over the place, laying my life down for other people. Right? Doing stuff that you don't need to do, why do you do it? Because someone greater is in you and you're more about everyone else than you because you don't have to worry about you because you found him and he's more than enough. 
Paul says you've got to fight the good fight, right? It's not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight. But until you're relinquished from you, how can you fight in a spiritual fight that you're not even in? But you perceive you might be because you're going to events and you're doing things and you're coming to men retreats. See, this was a hoodwink. He's got to get you here to hear something, but what you may become for, you think, oh my goodness, why am I here now? That's how he works, right? Come follow me. Where are we going? I'm not going to tell you. How long is it going to cost? What's it going to cost? Oh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I would never have decided out of me to follow had I known. And if I do, it's because there's something in it for me. Because the intruder in me is so crafty he will let me think that I'm doing it for God when I'm doing it for me. And I put all these conditions around it, right? So then it's very limited because I'll do this if this works in here, right? So how much is it going to cost? You never ask that question because that question is exposing the heart. And what you're really saying is this. Do I value what that is above me? And I'm prepared to pay the cost because of what I want to hold on to and I value over that. So then it becomes a negotiation deal with God. And you're sabotaging yourself when you ask and live like that, which is showing you you don't really know who God is or to the measure of God because God is the most valuable thing. And Paul said, life is rubbish compared to the knowing of my Lord Jesus Christ. So I consider life but rubbish. But you've got to have something to compare it to to think life was rubbish because Paul and Saul were somebody, right? Problem is, we give ourselves way too much credit for what we think we are, and we don't yet realise we're nothing. But we're everything. So I'm nothing, but I'm everything. You're confused, Greg. I'm the least, but I'm the most eminent. Which one are you? Both? Both? Yeah, because I'm in oneness. So God takes one, one, and makes two. No, he takes one and one and makes one. One plus one plus one equals three. No, one plus one and one equals one. Because I'm the God who's one. My head is hurting. Yeah, it will do, because you're trying to understand spiritual language and thoughts through the natural. Guys, it's impossible. All right? It is impossible. What he took me through and what's coming out of me, I have not come up with. I'm not that smart. But through abiding, because of what he did in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, through seeking, asking, and knocking, through eating the eternal food that he gives, right? Greg, why are you working for food that perishes? Why do you keep doing the same thing that food keeps slipping out of your hand and never producing? Because man cannot live on that stuff, Greg. Why, why are you doing this? Yeah, 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 but. No, no, Greg, why are you doing this? Because I don't know. Do you know that's what it comes down to? None of us are bad in the sense of, oh, you're such a bad son. It ain't that. If you're hearing that, right, we're not hearing. I'm not saying we're bad son. What I'm saying is we just don't know. Didn't they not crucify him because they didn't? No. Aren't God's people, aren't they perishing for a lack of, or destroyed? 
Are people that don't have revelation are people who are perishing? Is it possible that we can think we're being Christ-like but we're actually just Christians? Is it possible to think we're growing in the law but we're not really? We're just actually having a flesh party? How do you know, guys? Because you have the corresponding life of Jesus Christ. You have the fruit in which he says you can know. You find yourself being able to live the way you couldn't live. You're able to do things you couldn't do. And you're able to recognize it. Right? You can look at the old man and go, there's, I'm telling you right now, there's no way Greg Simnel of old could have been told he's a cult leader, he's building his own kingdom, he's a used car salesman, he's a liar by the body of Christ and stay. The old Greg Simnel, remember I've got scouse blood in me, right? I headbutt before I ask questions would have gone after the throat of the one that said it. The brother who walked with me for a long time, round your arm like this, love you brother, love you brother, knowing that it's not my brother, but the Spirit's being used to come against what God is trying to establish and stay. Why not just give it all away and let everyone go, stuff this, Lord, let them figure it out, who cares? Because love won't allow you. Because love loves beyond all measure and love always performs on itself. And when you get infected with love, you can't, you don't want to. I'm not saying it's easy, but the love in you trumps you. See, it's impossible. Love your enemy. I had other thoughts about that. I was going to put them in the grave. No, no. Maybe once upon a time it was eye for an eye. Now it's a whole different covenant with a whole different set of rules and guidelines called Jesus Christ. And being in Christ enables you to live this life out and you can't figure out how you can because you have a reference for what you would have done but now you've got a reference for what you're doing and they're not the same thing and you're not perfect but you are growing And there are times when you're taking that thought captive because the flesh still wants to and you've still got temptation so you're not perfect and it's not that but your inner life is going from strength to strength to strength to strength so your sin or your actions aren't disqualifying you you don't just write them off so you have a conviction so you're like just forgive me but you move on and you spend more time focusing on who you're becoming than what you're not you spend more time on eating than you do trying to fix things you spend more time and all of a sudden you find yourself being able to live like Jesus Don't you want that? I want more of that. So if you're not after it, I'm going to nick your piece. Isn't that what it says? Give to the one who uses what they have to take the one that they think they have off them. So if you're not hungry, I'm starving. See, it's not about being hungry or thirsty. It's about being starving. People who are starving will do anything to get a meal. People who are hungry and thirsty not. Oh, well, I'll wait till dinner time. But if you're starving, you're going to leave and go. The problem is we're not starving. The problem is we're not even hungry and thirsty to the measure we need to be. And you can't even create that within you. Oh, I'm going to really try to be hungry and thirsty. No, it's Lord, I ain't hungry and thirsty. Lord, I ain't even starving. He's going, I know, but Lord, here I am.
So do what I can't do. Here I am. I'm going to get real with you today, God. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be naked. Because I'd rather be naked now and be, not be found out with the right clothes on, right? Hey, Church of Laodicea, you tell me that you're fully clothed. Let me tell you you're naked. I, I don't want to turn up and before the emperor on the day and goes, where your clothes? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, no, no, where, where is, where's your clothes? We're not talking heaven or hell, right? There's a robe of righteousness and there's a fine linen garment. There's two garments. The Bible is very clear. Fine linen garment is not the robe of righteousness. The robe of righteousness is not the fine linen garment. You need to know there are two garments. The bride has both on. What are you talking about? I only know the robe of righteousness. Yeah. That's all I knew till 12 years ago, till he took me on a journey. Started showing me beyond here. He took me into the prophetic, it is written reality of what's written down here, which has been written for us to know. But you can't know unless the Holy Spirit starts to show you because the Holy Spirit's the teacher, not you, Greg. He's not the teacher. He's not the teacher. He's not the teacher. He's not the teacher. Don't make anyone your teacher. So make me your teacher, but then understand the teaching gift on them and receive from them, but know I'm the teacher. See, the problem is we look to man without looking to God first, right? So we make God man. Well, you're my teacher, you're my teacher, you're my pastor, you're my pastor. It's so sick. So how are you going to know everything that's written that's for you if he's not your teacher? But then he says, I want to be your father. And he says, I want to be your leader, but you're still the leader of you. You can't have two leaders, Greg. Why don't we just stand? What I want to do, guys, is just I just want to pray for us and then I want to give you an opportunity between you and the Lord, firstly, to just whatever you need to say, say whatever you're sensing a conviction of in your heart that you want to pray, pray. And if it's nothing, then it's nothing, right? Don't, don't manufacture anything. Only respond to conviction, not remorse or condemnation, right? There is no condemnation for those in the Lord Jesus Christ. Condemnation comes because we hear something through the flesh, not the spirit, because in the spirit there's no condemnation, but there is conviction. So I just want to pray for us, and then I just want to give you space for you and God, the spirit, God himself, right? Because it's between us and God. It's not between us and one another. It's us and the Lord. And only the Lord can do what he wants to do. So Father, I just, firstly, Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to just thank you for who you are, not what you do, who you are. You're the most beautiful, most beautiful being, spirit being person I have ever known and I'm coming to know. And I thank you, Lord, that your life, like you are life and your light and your love 
You are the thing that we all search for because you've put yourself in us. You've put eternity in our hearts to go looking for a reality of the one who is the eternal, who lives in eternity. But God, we find life in all these other things because we don't know life. And so we substitute good for God. We substitute life for death, thinking that we're actually in life. And these things just produce a hardness of heart eventually, and they always disappoint. And they never produce what we think they're going to produce. Lord, I thank you for these men. I pray for the guys that couldn't make it or are sick at the moment or that are still coming. And I pray, God, I know you love us all, but I ask that we would have love deposited within us. I pray that we wouldn't just intellectually know you love us, but that we receive a love that is so wide, so high, so deep, so long, that it goes beyond our ability to comprehend and that from within us we would have this love, this power inside of us and we would be strengthened from our innermost being, the place David said he wanted life to be. He said, God, I've been born in iniquity and sin. He said, I know my true state. It was exposed to me as I committed adultery and murder. And Nathan came and brought a word that led me into repentance, that brought me to be a man after your own heart. Because before then I wasn't. I was a man after my own heart. And I took the anointing and I took the gifting and I used it for my own good. And yes, I did some things by taking out Goliath, but I murdered a man and I committed adultery with a man and I gave birth to an a son, and there were consequences for that. But then he came into a place where he recognized, and he said, Lord, Lord, you're just looking for a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You're not looking for sacrifices. You're not looking for my words. You're looking for my heart because you're aware of the poison in my heart. And you want to give me a brand new heart. You want to give me a brand new start. And maybe some of us have know that place and we've walked away. Maybe some of us have never known this place and today is the place. Today is the day, right? And maybe some of us are beyond that and are growing and know what it is and can say yes and amen. What I do know, no matter where you're at, he loves us and his love is covering and he's not afraid of your place. He comes into that place with you. He sits in it with you. He came and sat in my crap and my vomit and my tears and my brokenness. And he said, man, this is where I live. But I also live in the eternal, but I live here. There's nothing you are and there's nothing you've done that can make me leave. Because my love's greater than your behavior, Greg. My love is greater than what you think and believe and what you've done. So receive. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, through the power of your spirit right now, just deposit and impart spiritual love yourself into every heart that desires it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome. 
presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Father, we acknowledge our absolute dependency upon you and our need for you to do what only you can do as the architecture and the builder of the temple which is us. So through your power, Holy Spirit, may the power of the spirit of revelation and wisdom just descend and do a work and write on the inside out. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened in the knowledge of God and the surpassing greatness of what it is to know God and the inheritance that awaits you in God, all in accordance to the working of his strength in you. Father, make the words of the scriptures come alive on the inside of us. Father, I pray you would write your living word on our hearts and our minds, that we would no longer try to imagine or dream or reconfigure, but we would just be the recipient of the Spirit doing the work of the Spirit that he has been destined to do and commissioned to do before the foundations of the earth is to engrave the living word of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who died and rose again, that we would speak forth him and know him because he lives, he breathes, he is being formed on the inside of us. For Paul said, I am in labor again until the Christ is formed in you. He said, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy that just like Eve was deceived in the garden Corinthians you've been led astray in your minds from the simplicity and the purity of a devotion to the Lord and if one would come who brings another Jesus another gospel another spirit he said you beautifully receive it you beautifully open up the place of understanding which is your heart and in so doing get deceived by the false by the counterfeit that sounds like it because it comes with persuasive words of wisdom but it's not the person. And that man fought for you and I. That man saw you and I. He lived generationally like his father did. And he was godly jealous for you like he's godly jealous for them. And he has destined you to be a pure virgin, to have a husband who is the Lord Jesus Christ, to not put anything or anyone ahead of your husband because you're in a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will never break his covenant with you. Covenant is stronger than contract. Covenant is stronger than commitment. Covenant was made and sealed by the blood, the death and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I are in a covenant with him and we cannot share him with anyone else and he will not be shared with anybody else. He must be and will be number one and number one alone. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. If you love another more than me, you are not worthy of me. I'm telling you, he's telling us. So then let me 
do surgery. I am the master surgeon. My word is a scalpel and I need to cut away the bits, the whole, and give you and release you from you and the stuff. Because I am so for you to become who I've destined you to be. So whatever that looks like, guys, for you, just your time to... Whatever that looks like for you, right? If you want to go, go. If you want to just stay, stay. If you want to just lay down, lay down and just talk to him. He knows. Talk to him. Allow the Holy Spirit.